podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, yo, people. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Dishnomics Podcast. Make sure anytime we listen to the podcast or think anything about it, drop a hashtag on Twitter or Instagram, tagged at Dishnomics Pod, all that good stuff. Make sure you jump on my YouTube, Dishnomics on YouTube. Still trying to work out what I'm doing with it. But if you're interested in politics, current affairs, social issues, economics, said in a manner that's going to be relatable to you, a normal human being, you're not a Bloomberg aficionado, you want things straight to you, what matters, what counts, and in a relatively entertaining, easy to digest manner, Dysonomics is for you. So make sure you jump on the Patreon and especially the YouTube. So check that out. This week's episode, episode 197, I'm going to be talking about expensive habits. Yeah, shout out on Aeson, fantastic song. He's got a brand new song out right now called Monogram of Wild. Check that out, my dog. But he coined the phrase expensive habits and I thought it was fitting for this week's episode. And we're discussing expenses as a whole. If you want more information specific to Preeti Patel and the Home Secretary, Home Office scandal, make sure you check out my Monday morning news. So by the time you listen to this, it might be Monday, it'll be out by 10.30. So about very likely by the time you're hearing this, it would have already been, do you know what I mean? It already been out on YouTube. But I want to talk about expenses as a whole and what it was like and how they've shaped it and just the nature of it and prepare to be blown away. So make sure you subscribe to YouTube to get the Monday morning news. Make sure you're following me on Instagram, Dysonomics, and also at Dysonomics Pods for more pod-specific content. And yeah, let's get cracking. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Because it's late. Because it's late. Now, Welcome back. And we're about to talk about expensive habits. Yeah, we're talking about expenses with members of parliament. So what expenses? So first thing first, if you're an MP, so as of the financial year, 1990, 19, sorry, 2019 to 20 to 2020, the basic annual salary of an MP was £81,000 and £81,932. MPs voted to freeze this as with ministers' pay, so that will still be the pay for this financial new financial year, which will be happening this week. You listen to the podcast from April the first, twenty twenty one, going to twenty twenty two. MPs also receive expenses to cover the cost of running an office, employing staff, and having somewhere to live in London or their constituency, and of course, a travel between Parliament and their constituency. Since the twenty ten general election, the IPSA, so Independent Parliamentary Standards Authority, has been responsible for regulation and payment of expenses. And you're going to find out why that date is significant because of what was going on in 2009. Now, so MPs get their salary over 81 bags a year, but of course they're going to have to do more things to run their office and perform their jobs so they get expense. Just like regular professional workers, for example, I've worked in finance, if I was to... I don't know, work after six or seven, depending on, or, or eight, depending on the company's um, break-off point, I'll be entitled to expenses. If I was to travel to a work conference, I'll be entitled to expenses. If I was to fly to, I don't know, Japan for work, 
I can book it myself and be reimbursed for it. Um, all the different types of things you can be in re- reimbursed for. Professional costs, like if I was to do the ACCA or CMA or CFA or any sort of professional qualification, in t- a lot of companies professionally, you can be reimbursed for it if you pay for it yourself. Obviously, it's a bit more techy with members of parliament because, of course, you are using taxpayers' money. It's public money. It's not a private company's money. Now, what they can and can't claim, that's why you're here. That's what you want to know. So travel-wise, yeah, you could claim expenses from travelling from your outside London constituency to Westminster and any form of official travel you can claim. But you can't claim expenses for driving from, I don't know, your let's say it's David Lammy, MP for Tottenham, if he wants to go visit, I don't know, um, a, a, a nan or cousin in Manchester, he can't just say, yeah, oh yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Here's the travel, no. That I can't run. Food and alcohol. Well, alcohol, they cannot expense alcohol. They can drink in parliamentary bars and restaurants, which are subsidised significantly by taxpayer money anyway. So they're paying cheaper than what they would on average, especially in the area in Westminster, central London, for food and drink because it's subsidised by taxpayer money. Food, as I said, they can get it um, subsidised at parliamentary bars and restaurants. However, MPs can claim food if they're travelling away from London or their constituency. MPs used to be able to claim £25 per night. So any night, yo, £25 of food expenses without receipts. No receipts. See, I've worked in finance, I've worked in account OC, I've worked in accounts payable. And I've seen how companies are very, very particular with receipts. Like even like big players, people I've had to deal with people in um, one company I worked with, some, a consultancy company, senior senior managing directors who are literally bringing in millions for the company who are getting paid millions. Like one brother, he literally drove his Ferrari into work. And I was like, bro, and not even me, I thought kind of, I was like, bro, like I'm doing an audit and it's looking like you ain't got a receipt for this. And he was like, bro, who are you to ask me? In my head, I was like, I can't lie. I agree with you because boy, you're putting, you're putting the lights on for this company, but we're going to have to expense. Shout out my man because he lived a very expensive life, bro. When you take out clients, he's run up a bill of 30 bags. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Staying in expensive hotels in London, nine bills a night. But boy, <laughs> shout out him. He lives life. Anyway, now, of course, you need to provide receipts. You can spend £25 per night, but you need to provide receipt. You can't just say, yo, yeah, I spent £25 and then you have no receipt. Technically, you cannot eat whatsoever and claim £25 per, per, per night of taxpayers' money. Now, um, Apple Apple products, iPads. Technically, you can claim computing expenses for your constituent office, but obviously, once you leave office, you can't hold those products anymore. Um, in terms of iPads, it's a bit more tricky. They can actually loan iPads from the House of Commons anyway. Now, how about tele- telecommunication costs? You can claim for phone calls from the office, MPs are also eligible for housing expenses that cl- that can claim work-related telephone calls at home. So if you're calling Nigeria and it costs you £17.15 a month, you can't claim that. That's No, unless it's work, work-related. Holidays. There's been talks about, oh, do MPs get free holidays? No. MPs do not receive public-funded fund- holidays. However, they can receive hospitality from other organisations of foreign governments. So that is a potential perk for being a member of parliament. If you're looking at housing, this is where it gets really interesting. I'm going to go into more detail um, a bit later. Members of Parliament are allowed to claim expenses for rent on a second residence or hotel cost if their constituency is indeed outside London. 
and they do not, by virtue of any particular office, hold um, or occupy a grace and favour accommodation in London. So an example of a grace and favour accommodation home is Boris Johnson. He's a member. He's the prime minister. He's living in free accommodation, essentially, in number 10 down the street. So that's an example. Ministers who have... Ministers before, they used to have be able to have a grace and favour home in London and still claim the cost of a second home in London as well. They can no longer claim a second cost of a home in London as well because you've got grace and favour homes. So how are you claiming for a second home? What, why do you need two homes in one London? Does it make sense? No, of course it doesn't. But obviously they were able to drug that before. For those that know, drug is a colloquial term for a form of illegal activity with views to making money. MPs since April 2010 with constituencies in outer London now can't claim for the second cost of a second home. It doesn't make sense. You live communable. But obviously before they were able to do that. Now still looking at homes. Costs such as utility bills like gas and electricity, council tax and security measures can also be expense for eligible MPs if they're expensive rented accommodation. But before, MPs were able to claim £24,222 a year towards accommodation costs. This includes mortgage interests, rental costs, or hotel costs. This works out at approximately £2,018.50 a month. So MPs were able to claim up to two bags in accommodation costs. Now think about where you can live in two bags. Boy, you could be living very, very nicely. <laughs> Do you get Now... This has been changed. The interim measures right now, and they're, and they're looking at proposals to change in this more permanently, state that if you look, if you include including mortgage, mortgage interest, rental hotel costs, as I stated before, they can they can be expensed up to £1,250 a month. Yeah? So just over £800 or just under £800 reduction from before. MPs used to also be able to claim for services such as cleaning, gardening, and white goods. So white goods be like, your fridge, your washing machine, dishwasher, etc. So before MPs can claim like, yeah, they can get a cleaner to the yards, they can get gardening done. No, why should a taxpayer be paying for your cleaning and your gardening and your fridge and that? Pattern that yourself, big man. So that's been changed. And that's a permanent change as well. MPs also used to be able to claim costs of maintaining properties, including the repairs or decorations, you know, maybe change the lights, you know what I mean? Getting the young spotlight set in, doing the painting, putting tiles in, whatever. They couldn't make any, they couldn't make claims though that will help increase the capital value of a property. So if the renovation you're doing, the decoration is going to increase the the value of your house, you can't claim that because you're making money off that. Now they can't claim this period. Like if you want to do repairs or decorate your house, the taxpayer is not going to cover you for that. You're not getting reimbursed. So that is a kind of guideline of what you can and can't claim and how it's changed over the years and why it's changed we're about to get into it here's some historic mess yeah some historic expensive habits so on february 2008 the freedom of information act which you've probably heard of in passing requests for the release of details of mp's expenses the house of commons authorities of course challenged this on grounds that it was unlawfully intrusive oh i bet <laughs> i bet but in May 2009, the High Court of England Wales ruled in favour of this, this document being released. Now, fast forward it to April 
2009. The House of Commons announced they will publicise this information by July. But as we've seen with Boris and them, leaks be leaking, baby. And the leaks started leaking. It dominated the press. Dominated. Yeah? And it was peak. This is what was happening pre-2010. MPs were able to manipulate the vibes. They were able to ensure that their second home was the one which enabled them to claim the more the most expenses. The more more expenses, shall I say. But when really the Green Book stated your second home should be a matter of fact. This is your second home and that's it. But they're able to manoeuvre so they can get a yard where they can claim more expenses. MPs were also able to switch their designated second home, the designation of their second home, to claim for purchasing, so stamp duty, renovating, refurbishing on more than one property. This became known as flipping. So they were fully running a scam, switching up the yards, claiming the stamp duty on redecoration and renovation costs. MPs were also able to claim for their second home while they were actually renting out these homes. So bear in mind, you're saying, yo, I'm expensing £1,800 on this home I'm renting in Islington. These times you're renting out this home. So So you're effectively paying for this rent. The taxpayer is paying you back, but you're also gaining rents on the private market anyway. What a scam. In one case, and bear in mind, a lot of these homes, in most cases, these were third deals, these were people's third properties. In one case, Elliot Morley rented his second home to another MP, Ian Causey, who was claiming the rent that he was paying Elliot Morley on expenses. Jug and finesse. Okay, so take it in. So Elliot Morley, yeah, had a second house that obviously he will pay, one, as I said, £1,800, but he'll get that back in expenses. So he'll pay 1008 get in 1008 yeah? So he's received the money back. Now, he was able to rent it out to this Ian Causey guy. And let's say Ian Causey also said, oh yeah, it's costing me one eight. He's paying that money to Elliot. Elliot's pocket in it. So Elliot is now up 1,800 period because yeah, he paid it. He paid 1,800 to um, the landlord. The government of either people reimbursed him 1,800. So he's back to zero. But Ian Causey has also paid him 1,800 to rent this home and the government has reimbursed Ian. So Ian's paying zero to rent this property. So is um, Elliot, but Elliot's made a bag eight. I'm out. And who knows if they were busting it down. Drugging and finessing. Come and see criminal activity. Finesse. Proper 419 sentence. MPs could also claim up to £400 each month, maximum, without receipts. Because remember before I said before they could claim £25 per night. They could claim up to £400 per month without receipts. Man were claiming £400 when Parliament wasn't sitting. So there's a period when Parliament not sits so people aren't working. They're not. If you're in London, you, where, where are you going? You're not going to work. But you're still claiming four bills. Effectively, you're just getting an extra £400 off taxpayers' money. Absolutely startling. Now, before, let me give you some standout cases to me. These are my favourites. In September 2007, married couple and Labour cabinet ministers, Ed Balls, who was a Secretary of State 
of children, schools and families and Yvette Cooper, that then housing minister, used their allowance to pay for a £655,000 home in Stoke Newington, North London. They, they then declared this to be the second home, despite spending most of their time in London in order to fulfil their municipal, municipal, um, municipal responsibilities and their children attending London schools. The declaration of the Stoke Newington property as a second home meant they became eligible to receive additional cost allowance, ACA, of 44 bags a year to cover the property's £438,000 mortgage. Malcolm Moss, Conservative MP, made a complaint who agreed to launch investigations to matter. The commission ultimately found that the couple were acting in accordance with parliamentary rules and, and such discussed the complaints against them. But that's mad. Joking and finessing. Derek Conway, the MP of Old Bexley and Sidcup, then under the Conservative whip, was found to employ his son, Frederick, as a part-time research assistant in his parliamentary office between 2004-2007. This gave his son, Frederick, a part-time salary of £10,000. Why this was spooky, you're thinking, okay, he, okay, cool, he busts his son, but big deal. His son was a full-time undergraduate student at Newcastle University. This was revealed by Sunday Times in May 20, 2007, and it showed that this guy wasn't doing anything. He, he was barely working, and he had to pay this money, but he had to pay about 13, he, I think he had to pay about £13,000. Now, the piece de resistance. Yeah, this is my favourite one, yeah? So, February 2009, Mail on Sunday reported that Home Secretary at the time, Jackie Smith, had listed, um, for Labour, had listed her constituency home in Redditch, Worcester, as her second home, while designating a house she shared with her sister in London as her main home. Despite spending little as two nights there, allowing her to claim 116 grand in ACA over the years. A key aspect was that she was eligible for a grace and favour home in Westminster and therefore did not need to claim expense to live with her sister. The residents, um, the residents of the house next door complained to Parliament and stating that she would only stay there three nights a week, requesting that she explain her arrangements. Now, it gets worse. A month after allegations were made about Jackie Smith's second home arrangement, the Sun Express revealed that Smith had claimed a parliamentary expense of a two-pay TV pornographic films her husband, at the time Richie, Rich Richard Timney, had watched while she was away. Smith and her husband apologised for the error and Smith says she'll pay back the claim. This coupled with a previous allegation led to mounting pressure. She had to resign. Them man were claiming a young porno. Imagine it was hentai and them things. They are spooky. Absolutely mad. So, Obviously, you're thinking these people were basically were really running a deeper, darker criminal link. Yeah? They are racketeering. This reveal of documents caught hella bodies. As I just said, Jackie Smith, Labour Minister, she was set down as a Home Secretary after European election. She would contest her seat in the next election, but she lost to a Conservative. Of course, in 2010, David Cameron won the election. So the Tories became in power. Hazel Blizz announced on the 3rd of June she'll step down as Secretary of State of Communities and Local Government. Tony McNulty resigned at his position as Minister of Employment. He lost his seat in the subsequent he then lost his seat in the next election. Jeff Hoon left his position as Secretary of State of Transport during the cabinet reshuffle. Kitty Usher 
resigned as exchange exchequer secretary to the treasury. She didn't stand in the 2010 election. David Laws was the last to resign from the cabinet. Um, and ten and subsequently ten Labour backbenchers and six Tories also resigned. Obviously, you're hearing more Labour people, so it just doesn't mean that Labour were inherently more worse conservatives. No, they were just in power at the time. Tony Blair came to power in 1997, I believe, left, then Gordon Brown took over, and Gordon Brown lost to David Cameron in 2010. So Labour in power for 13 years. So naturally, there was more MPs and the ministers were all Labour because they were in power. Now, that is absolutely and positively spooky. So that puts Pariti Patel's um, home home office scandal, have it looking a bit, Bit light. So what's happened now? If you want more information, it's on this week's Monday morning news. Is uh the byline times looked at the home office department's expenses spending and it was looking speak it was looking very, very, very spooky. Very spooky. Like some of the costs were eye-boggling. Almost 900 pounds at Sports Direct, over five thousand pounds at Primark, three thirty thousand pounds at Global Beauty Products Limited, the firm runs the beauty and brow lashes. And at Booty and Browse, they spent £77,000. So over, over £100,000 spent in this Booty Browse company, which was subsequently looks like for PPE. But I get into that in more detail on this week's This Moment's Monday Morning News. So if you want to find more information, check the YouTube video out. So there you have it. Expensive habits. So it's very interesting when certain people want to talk about corruption but in this big democracy, one of the most democratic states, we've seen corruption. It just shows that humans granted opportunity, granted the environment, and if it seemed that they will get away with it because they had been for many years, a lot of people will take liberties and break the rules. That's long and short of it. And they had to tie up the rules. And yeah, it's very, very disgusting. Look out for more expensive news over the years. I'm sure we're going to find some really, really interesting stuff when... The year 2020 is reviewed and how ministers were dishing out contracts or using their procurement cards, probably busting some of their friends or close contacts. But that's just my guesstimate. And we'll see from there. But yes, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you check out Dysonomics. Listen to me on any of the streaming platforms. Of course, subscribe to the Patreon and YouTube. Until next week, peace and blessings. Bow. Podcast Network.